Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello, my friend. Do you have trust issues? Do you find yourself hesitating to put your confidence in another person? Or maybe it's a situation. Do you have trouble trusting in God and just letting go and and letting him have control of your life? Well, let's talk about that. Welcome to Simply Holy, the podcast for people who want to live a joyful life in Christ. I'm Marge Steinhake-Fenelon. And today I have what I think is some really good suggestions for you in overcoming trust issues, Uh, something I definitely know about myself. So I can speak from experience, but I can also speak from experience of others and the experience of scripture. So tackling trust issues, how do you do that? How in the world do you train yourself to stop fretting, stop doubting, and start trusting. Well, if you noticed what I just said, how do you train yourself? Well, that's the first obstacle because it's very difficult, I think, if not impossible, for us to train ourselves to trust or to stop doubting because it's God who has to train us. We have to allow him to train us to trust in Him. Because situations, relationships, crises, these are all things that cannot be solved by human power. Yes, there's some human participation. Yes, of course. And there are some things that we human beings can do to sway things, whether it's a relationship or a situation, one way or the other, but in essence, it's divine power that can solve these situations. And so it's that divine power that we need to learn how to trust. You see, that's the key. Learn how to trust in divine power. And for that, I suggest if you're in a situation where you just, maybe it's chronic for you, maybe it's one situation, you're having a really hard time trusting in God. Here's what I recommend. 
Go back to the Bible. Go back to Scripture. And look at all of the times that there was a seemingly impossible situation and God took care of it. God was victorious. God changed things, performed a miracle. So I'm going to focus on just two, two instances. One is from the Old Testament and one is from the New Testament. The first one is the parting of the Red Sea. Now, I would expect that most of us are familiar with that, but in case you're not, the Israelites had escaped from Egypt. They were running from Pharaoh and his army. Pharaoh had agreed to let them go after the plagues. He had granted them their freedom. And then once the Israelites set out with the guidance of Moses, well, he had second thoughts and regretted his decision because he just realized he'd let all of his slaves go, had no longer any slave labor to do his bidding, and so he wanted them back. So he sent out his massive army after the Israelites. And so here are the Israelites. They're fleeing, and they're trying to get away from Pharaoh's army and and continue their journey to the promised land, well, they're stuck. Why? Because they come up against the Red Sea. They're at the shore of the Red Sea. It's too deep to cross. They don't have any boats, nothing really, that they could float on where they could safely get across the Red Sea. And here comes this army that will capture, probably kill at least some of them in the process. Now what? Can you imagine the fear? I mean, I bet that you have Red Sea moments in your life. I know I do. In fact, as a matter of fact, I have been going through one myself. Maybe that's why I was inspired to do this this short podcast for you today. Because, you know, we get those Red Sea moments where it's impossible. We're stuck right where we are. We We can't progress We can't move, basically. We're stuck at the shore of this deep sea. If we move forward, we're sure to drown. If we go back, we're sure to be attacked and perhaps destroyed. So so then what? Then what? Well, what did the the Israelites? They they prayed and they trusted in God. What did God do for them? He parted the Red Sea. He caused this, this big, deep sea to part right down the middle and where it parted was completely dry land. I what a sight that must have been. Can you just imagine how awesome it would have been to see God part the Red Sea and to see those waters move back just like two huge walls just moving back holding back the water and right there is this this roadway in the bottom of the ocean that was completely dry land. And so here parts the Red Sea and the land is dry. So the Israelites, their children, their animals, their possessions, they cross that dry land in between the two walls of the Red Sea. They get everybody across, everyone's safe. And then right after them, God allows that these walls would 
collapse. They weren't actual walls, but it, but it was it, it's described in the Bible as looking like walls. So so what happens is the sea comes together when after Pharaoh's army had entered the seabed. So Pharaoh's army thinks, well, look at them. They got to cross. Well, look at this. This is this land is perfectly dry. The water is is being held back. Let's go. Let's go after them. Let's go get them. This is great. Easy peasy, right? Well, maybe until they all got in there and once Pharaoh's army had completely gotten into the the bed of the Red Sea, the waters were let loose and they all drowned. And the Israelites were safe. That's not just a story. That's a true witness of what actually happened. That's incredible. If God has the power to do something like that, does he not have the power to solve whatever situation you're facing? Does he not have the power to fix any mistakes you've made? Does he not have the power to resolve a situation in a relationship if you allow him to? He most certainly will, and of course he has the power. He most definitely has the power. Now let's move on to another example. And, and this is one that I, I love to talk about, and it's the wedding at Cana. So now we're moving into the New Testament. And what happened there? So the Blessed Mother was invited to a wedding. Scripture scholars think, they believe, that, that this was the wedding of a relative. And which would have, of course, made sense that that's why the Blessed Mother was invited. And the Blessed Mother then extends that invitation to Jesus and his disciples. So that gives us indication that it could also have been, well, it, it most likely, okay, so if it's, if it's the Blessed Mother's, if it's Mary's relatives, since Jesus is Mary's son, that means they, that was his relatives as well. So, so she's invited to this wedding, and this wonderful young couple, everyone's celebrating. Jesus is there with his disciples, and, and what happens? The hosts, the wedding couple, they run out of wine. And that, of course, in, even now, you know, in, in a wedding reception, if, if the, the, the venue runs out of supplies, it's an embarrassment. Well, in that culture and at that time, the you know, wedding celebrations took place over days. And it was the responsibility of the wedding hosts to keep the, the people entertained, keep them well fed, plenty to drink. Well, they run out of wine. And the the, the Israelite people, they're sense of hospitality is so great. I've been there. It's beautiful. They, they love to be hospitable. Well, so they run out of wine. They have no wine for their guests. And then what? What do they do? Well, the Blessed Mother, being the perceptive mother that she is, notices this and, of course, captures the whole situation in her heart immediately, the embarrassment this would cause, and the sadness. And so what does she do? She petitions Jesus. She, she tells him, son, they have no wine. 
So what? <laughs> so what? Well, what, what does Jesus do? He said, well, what is this to me? What is this to me? Woman, what, what does this have anything to do with me? This, my hour has not yet come. So here's what Jesus is talking about. It's not as if he doesn't care. It's not like he doesn't care about his relatives. It's not like he doesn't care about what the Blessed Mother is asking of him. That's not it at all. What he's saying is, Mother, woman, and I'll get to a minute, get to it in a minute why he calls her woman. But he says, you know, what does this have to do with me? My hour is not yet come. He knows, Jesus knows, and so does the Blessed Mother, by the way, that should Jesus perform that miracle, should he make more wine instantaneously for this couple, then this first public miracle would draw attention to him as the Savior. He, he would be revealed then as the Son of God. And once revealed as the Son of God, then the whole monkey works starts of the hatred and the jealousy and moving toward the crucifixion. Jesus knows this. The Blessed Mother knows this as well. So it's a very interesting thing that there's a twofold purpose behind this request. She wants to save this couple of their embarrassment, but on the other hand, she's also introducing her son as the Son of God. So what happens? What happens is the Blessed Mother goes to the servants and she says, do whatever Jesus tells you to do. So she trusts, and that's exactly why I'm, why I'm relaying this story. She trusts in Jesus to take care of the situation. She didn't know for certain he would perform that miracle. It was a dare on her part, really. But she trusts that he will do this for her and for the couple. So do whatever he tells you, she tells the servants. And what does Jesus do? He tells the servants to fill these, these six huge jars with water, and then he changes that water into wine. So he performs his first public miracle. That is so important for us. When we look at the Blessed Mother in that instance, and the hope and the trust that she had in God. This is a message for us. This is a message for you. This is a message for me when we are dealing with trust issues. When we really are struggling and think, God, I don't know. I don't know if you're going to do this for me. Or why did you do this to me? Or how is this ever going to be solved? I think the natural person for us to go to would be the Blessed Mother, would be Mary, because she is indeed our mother. Jesus gave her to us as our mother. So it would be natural, you know, just like in a, a, a physical family, a natural family, the kids tend to go to mom, not always, but they tend to go to mom when they need consoling and they, they want something, they need something. The tendency for the child is to go first to mom. That should be our tendency as well. Not that we ignore God, not that we can't go directly to God, not that we can't petition Jesus to fix things for us, but that the natural inclination of the heart is to seek out the mother. 
And what happens? What will happen? She will tell us, do whatever he tells you. Do whatever he tells you, meaning my son will direct you. Listen carefully to what he has to say. Watch what he shows you. And then Jesus will come and in the right timing and in the right way, will change our water into wine. It's a huge lesson from Mary. Mary, in all situations where we're struggling with trust issues, she is our hope. Saint Anselm once said that petitioning Mary is, is not distrust of God, but fear of our own unworthiness. Meaning we honor God so highly. We understand his high, high, magnificent position as creator of all, a father of all, that we go to Mary to help us petition God. That's not distrusting God. That's acknowledging the fact that we are weak human beings. And it's kind of like calling Mary in for an assist. Mom, can you help me? Blessed Mother, can you help me? Ask God. I'm so unworthy and he's so mighty and magnificent. And I know you're my mother and I know you love me ever so much. Please help me. She gives us that hope. That hope that our Lord will perform miracles for us in our life. She gives us the hope that things will be okay. The assurance that at some point and in some way, our water will be turned to wine. And she gives us hope in everlasting life. Her whole, her whole life, her whole existence was nothing but pointing to Christ and pointing people toward heaven. Follow my son. Do as he commands you. Do whatever he tells you so that you can obtain, be entered into eternity with him. She gives us hope for now in our daily lives, and in everlasting life. Saint Basil said that after God, Mary is our only hope. So not, not what he doesn't, he does not mean that the only thing we can ever hope in is Mary. And I think I've just explained that fairly well, that after God, comes the Blessed Mother because she always points toward God. She'll always be the one to say, do whatever he tells you. She will be the one to turn to Jesus and say, they have no wine. She has no wine. He has no wine. And then she'll tell us, do whatever he tells you. And then Jesus will, will be able to perform the miracle that he intends to perform. And, you know, it's not unlike the Blessed Mother standing at the shore of the Red Sea with the Israelites and saying, it's okay, trust in my son. He's going to find a way for you to escape Pharaoh's army. He'll find a way. Trust in him and the Red Sea parts. Let her stand next to you as your Red Sea parts. Thanks for listening. 
Thanks for tuning in. I ask you, please like this podcast. Please subscribe to my channel. Please share this podcast with others so that they can have their Red Sea parted as well, so that they can have their water turned to wine as well. Then please check out my website, marchfenelin.com. Subscribe there for my updates, my reflections, my weekly reflections. And you can find there how to book me for a speaking engagement, how to get my books, my religious articles, my other podcasts are there. Lots of great stuff for you at margefenelin.com. Subscribe there and let's keep in touch. And in the meantime, know that I pray for you. I pray for all of my listeners and readers every single day. On my website, there's a form you can fill out a prayer request. I love to pray for you. That's part of my ministry, is to pray for others. So let me know, how can I pray for you? And then I ask, pray for me. Pray for me that I can touch hearts through my writing, my speaking, my videos. My mission always is to lead the world to Christ through Mary, and I'd love for you to join me in that mission. MarchBenline.com Until then... God bless you, I pray that your Red Sea will part and your water be changed. <laughs>